been reading about the history of California recently, and I can't get 19,000 out of my mind. It's wild. The first indications of human habitation in California were 19,000 years ago. And that's a long time for there to be no progress in the human condition. I mean, just look at how much things have changed just in the last hundred years, where we've gone from barely being able to fly to planning trips to Mars, just in a hundred years. And you get 19,000 years. Why was there no progress? Why did nothing change? Why was there this grim repetition of abuse and enslavement and predation and you name it, horrible things that happened, this absolute stagnation in the human condition for 19,000 years? Look at the Aborigines in Australia. 40,000 years they inhabited the continent. Within a few decades of Europeans coming, civilization is present. The land is transformed. 19,000 years, 40,000 years. Sub-Saharan Africa, the Khoi and the San people who were there before they were virtually genocided by the blacks from the north, were there for 150,000 years. No progress. No progress, no written language, no wheel, no two-story buildings, no what we would call so very primitive. Why? Why did nothing change? I can tell you why nothing changed. And this is why I'm calling this the most hunted group in human history. It didn't change, my friends, because in every population, there's a bell curve of intelligence. And there's a real spin of the Rubik's Cube that nature does with human genetics. And occasionally it would produce people of very low intelligence and occasionally it would produce people of very high intelligence. Now in a meritocracy, in, in, in a free market, the people with high intelligence create a lot of value. They produce a lot of wealth and convenience and they pull everyone up by the productive magnificence of their creative genius. And it takes IQ and it takes conscientiousness and it takes hard work. And yes, it takes a certain amount of luck. But civilization, as we have it, is dependent upon the genius of a few thousand people. It's really all it comes down to as a whole. Now, the question is, what is society's relationship? What is the tribe's relationship to people of very high intelligence who emerge from time to time in their midst? In the West, I mean, we certainly have killed and and terrorized and hunted people of very high intelligence, but a little bit less than other cultures. Because people with high intelligence can't stand repetition. People with low intelligence love repetition, but people with high intelligence can't stand repetition. And culture is repetition. And it is often unthinking, invented, hereditary, anti-rational repetition. I'm not saying culture doesn't have its value, but philosophically, you want the creative destruction of allowing brilliant minds to challenge your culture and thus refine it and improve it and bring it more into reason and less into superstition and paranoia and <clears throat> magical thinking in particular. You know, like if we pray to the gods, we'll be get better crops. No, well, how about you get some fertilizer, plant some winter crops like turnips and uh, do crop rotation and so on. So culture needs to be challenged and brought more to reason. And the people who do that are the geniuses, the philosophical geniuses who challenge this. And throughout most of human history, the geniuses who challenge the existing prejudices of the tribe, the bigotries of the tribe, what happened to them? Well, there's only one reason why you get no progress. 
It's because you kill everyone who challenges the stagnation of your historical anti-rationality. This is the most hunted group throughout the entire history of the Aborigines in Australia, 40,000 years. Very, very smart Aborigines would emerge from their mother's wombs through the Rubik's Cube spin of genetics. And what would happen to them? What would happen to the smart Aborigines? What would happen to the smart Sub-Saharan Blacks? What would happen to the smart Khoi and Sand people? What would happen to the smart Pygmies? The pygmies have IQs in the 50s. But smarter Pygmies came along. But the genes for intelligence never seemed to have raised or spread. What happened? Well, we know. We know. They were killed. Or they were ostracized. Or the men were considered to be enemies of the tribe. And women were convinced not to breed. But the more the women were called witches and men were told not to breed with them. Intelligence was in general killed. And if it wasn't killed, it was ostracized. And if it wasn't ostracized, it was sealed off from reproduction. It was quarantined, so to speak. And that's how you get stagnation in human society. Now, once you understand that, you can understand that the occasional rain of starlight onto the black night of human ignorance was quickly wet finger like you would put out a candle, wet finger snuffed out by the prejudices and fears of the tribe. The Aborigines in Australia have been called the most conservative group in human history because nothing changed. Their beliefs remained utterly stagnant for tens of thousands of years. Because repetition appeals to some and challenging creativity appeals to others. And when you think about this, Right, the old Japanese proverbs, it is the tall poppy that gets cut down, is the it is the nail that sticks up that gets hammered down. You can look also at some of the stagnation in East Asian cultures, in Chinese culture in particular, stagnated for thousands of years at a relatively high level of civilization. The price of killing people like Socrates was no industrial revolution in the ancient world. The the price of selling Plato into slavery, the price of threatening Aristotle and forcing him to flee, the price of driving out the brilliant among you, of attacking and undermining the brilliant among you, is stagnation. And it doesn't benefit the poor, it doesn't benefit the dull, it doesn't benefit the ignorant, because they're doing much better now that we've allowed genius its relative scope in a relative free market. It takes a genius to invent antibiotics, but it doesn't take a genius to take them and survive an infection thereby. So, the most hunted group in human history are the intelligent, uh, the creative, the people who challenge the existing prejudices of the tribe. Now, I don't believe that the tribe in and of itself is going to automatically attack, ostracize, quarantine, slaughter, murder. The brilliant. They need a belief system, an ideology. Now, the belief system tends to be around the idea of blasphemy, right? That there are ideas that are so sacred. There are ideas that are so sacred in human society, that to question them is to become so evil that you must be silenced or destroyed. Blasphemy. That the utterance of an idea that goes against an existing belief system 
makes one automatically so immoral that no debate should be allowed and the person should be silenced or killed or ostracized or quarantined. And, and this is where we are right now. There's a reason why the leftists in particular, but it also happens with the right, there's a reason why the leftists in particular hate discussions about IQ differences between sexes, between groups, between ethnicities. It's because it provides an explanation that allows us to live in peace and harmony with each other, much more so. Because if you have a belief system that says everyone is equal, therefore all differences and outcomes between groups must be due to prejudice, to racism, to sexism, to bigotry, to exploitation, to theft, to murder, to genocide, all differences in outcomes. If that's your religion, if that's your cult, then anyone who provides alternative, rational, empirical, scientific explanations to the foundational principles of your radical egalitarianism is by definition a heretic and evil and cannot be negotiated with, must not be negotiated with, but must be silenced, attacked, slandered, driven out of the public square, physically attacked, deplatformed, killed. You have your sacred beliefs and anyone who questions them is uh, satanic, really. And now the new satanic is far-right, uh, alt-right Nazi, that kind of stuff, right? This incredibly primitive reaction to challenging ideas is not new. It's very, very old. Very, very dangerous, of course. And all of the hysteria and panic of ideas that challenge a cult-like moral mentality, all of those ideas, if we have very old and primitive ways of dealing with them, we will not keep our civilization. It will end up as old and primitive as those ideas.